Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you PNLP? This is the Premier Non-League Podcast. Here we are again, a little light on numbers once again, but seems to be the norm at the moment. Welcome to episode 37 of the Premier Non-League Podcast. Well, I'm back this evening. I've missed, missed my first one, so no one's got a 100% record anymore, which is fantastic in a way because that's how it's meant to be five of us on here there's always going to be someone to record it so as i said we're a little bit light this evening james is unavailable pete's pete's somewhere with worthing supporters association so tonight i've got gaz and chris with me how are we gents good my friend how are you yeah good chris good, good. yeah very well indeed thank you tickety boo very good and two weeks passed since the last since, since, since everyone sat down and recorded <clears throat> excuse me previous and Obviously, a lot going on as always. There's a lot to get never through, a... isn't there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never a dull moment in football. Man, normally, with James hosting, we'd start off with Worthing. But, as they're not here, we'll bypass that <laughs> for, for a little while. And we'll head straight north to South Shield, shall we, Chris? And <laughs> still, still top of the league and unbeaten, aren't you? Unbeaten in nine. Um... 19 points from nine games, two points clear at the top. Um, could and should be further clear, um, purely on chances missed. Saturday's game at home to Atherton Collieries, uh, one of those where um, Atherton came um, and really stuck rigidly to their plan, which was to get a point. Um, Shields struggled to break them down, but when they did, made two or three excellent chances and just didn't convert them. And that's the case. For a lot of the games that South Shields have drawn, it's a case of missed chances. There's not quite enough composure in in the 18-yard box. But on the whole, can't you know it's been a great start of the season. Um, two points clear at the top. Uh, I, I do think um, our best performance of the season came the night after we last recorded. We went to Lancaster, which was a bit of a a litmus test, as it were, a team who beat us and bullied us in March at their place. And we went across there and we bullied them and we destroyed them. First half was the best football that I've seen from Shields in three years and more. It was superb. So it's been a a good start. It's not an outstanding start of the season, but it's been a good, solid start. Two points clear. Can't complain. We've got a big game tomorrow night against Mask. Um, who are themselves doing very well indeed. So local derby, they're only 45 minutes down the road. So looking forward to that one as well. So what is it this season then compared to last year? Is it is it the case of those that were, as you said, stealing a living last year that have now, you know, shift, shifted onwards and you've now got players in that are actually wanting to play and are actually performing week in, week out at the moment? That's basically the gist of it. Um and the players who are still there, who were there last season, they're going along with it. You know, they're being taken along on this ride. Um, I, I would never question them. They did nothing wrong last season. But of course, you only need one or two kind of bad eggs in a batch. Um, and and so, yes, I think that's really the, the whole crux of it. You've got from one to 17, um, everybody going in the same direction, really desperate to do well. And... Uh, you know as well as as I do, you know, team spirit counts for a lot in team games. With you know, there's no I in team. It's a bit of a cliche, but it's, football is a team game. If it wasn't the team game, the the team that had Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi in it week in week out would win everything, and they don't. It's a team game, and and these lads are doing are doing the business 
no doubt about that. I've noticed quite across a few leagues I've looked across, you know, right the way down, take out maybe step one and two, but three, four, five and six. And most teams are about somewhere between six to nine games in yet. But there's a lot where the table doesn't look as if it's like settled down yet. So you expecting no. one or two just to start making a move if they put two or three games together? Yes, and that's the key. Put two or three games together because it's a crazy league. Everybody beats everybody else. But eventually, probably you only get about 15 games in. The league starts to take some kind of shape. But there are teams in the top six at the moment who you would never have expected to be there. Um, but you look at Abbott and Collieries, our opponents on Saturday gone. Um, they're, a, they're not a fancy team. But they're workmanlike and they're unbeaten away from home so far this season. With three clean sheets on the road, um, they are well organised. So clubs have, I think they've cut their cloth accordingly, but they've also recruited sensibly. And um, the, I, I've seen a, a general increase in, in the standard across the league so far. I would say Lancaster are not as good as they were last season. But by and large, the teams that I've seen have improved, so it it it, it it's you know, it feels at top of the league on merit. It's not just a case of everybody else is poorer. They've worked hard and and they've got their just rewards and really should have more. But it is what it is, um, and it's just good. It, I just for me, it's just being able to being able to see that your players have given everything. It's all you can ask for. You know, they're not going to be brilliant every week. You're not going to win every game. But the fact that they give 100% as a, as a, as a supporter, that's all you're going to ask. And while we're still in the North, were you, were you surprised Anthony Johnson and Bernard Morley left Spennymore during last week? If you look at results, yes. But if you look at the, the dynamic, no. I mean, they were commuting three times a week, you know, two, three, you know, Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays. Um, that's never really going to work, is it really? You want... Um, uh, it's such a long. It's not. It's not a massively long journey, but it's long enough. And I'm getting across that M62 time after time after time. Takes its toll, I guess. Um, and it, for me, it was never going to work. It, it, you know, it was a bit of a punt taken in my view because they're well known because of what they've done on TV. Yeah. Um, the same thing could have been said when South Shields appointed Kevin Phillips, of course. You know, it's a big name. And those two lads are big names now. Um, but I don't think the dynamic quite worked. Um, so, I'm, so if you look at the results, Spennymore's results aren't horrific. They're not brilliant, but they're not horrific. But it's just the dynamic of it. It was never going to work for me. I think as well, I've always got the impression that Spennymore, since they, since they won that Vars in 2013, they've been very ambitious in moving up the pyramid as well. And I think losing those two years to COVID as they did when they were quite close to the playoffs again and that sort of thing that they've kind of kind of halted a little bit and want that extra push, don't they, to get themselves to the National League? I think so. They're a well-run club as well, um, well-organised. And maybe the hierarchy, you know, they, they saw that the the uh, Morley and Johnson thing wasn't quite working. Um, Jason Ainsley, former manager, is, is, is helping out again. Um I think J.J. O'Donnell's down there, of course. Um, not J.J. O'Donnell. Um, Jimmy Chandler's down there, sorry. Um, the good, fo good football men. They know the, they know the club, they know the league, they know the area, they know what's needed. So it's probably just a little bit of stability brought in. Um, a little bit of familiarity, I think, is probably what Spennymoor need at the moment. And they've got that in those kind of lads. So I can see Spennymoor settling down and having a reasonable season. I, I, I'm pretty sure that those two other lads won't be out of football too long. No, you're right. There'll be somebody out there who'll take them on mm. um, because they are they are big names, and uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that they'll be back very quickly. Now, Gaz, we'll give the other two something worthy to listen to. Yeah. Obviously, you know we don't want them getting a little bit too upset and uh, and everything. Um, still unbeaten, national league. Yeah. Uh, who, you know, who expected that? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'd say I didn't. Um, I have only seen Worthing play once this season, though. Same here, yeah, same here. Um, and I saw them play Eastbourne, who are their opponents this weekend. So that'll be an interesting one to talk about in a bit. But um, yeah, I, I, it's good. It, it, 
I get the impression that Worthing are one to beat within the league. You've got your Ebbs, you've got your Ebbs fleet and your Haven't, mm-hmm. um, who you'd expect to be where they are. Ebbs fleet, especially, obviously they're undefeated. Is it 10, 10, 10 and 10 now? 10 out of 10. Uh, um, is it 9 but, out of 9? Is it? I might be wrong. It's 10 out of 10 or 9 out of 9. I saw something on a social media group the other day saying nine 10 out of 10. Nine. Okay. Nine out, um, 9 out of 9. But they're the only full-time side in the, in the league. So I'd expect that, to be mm. honest with you. Um, but no, seeing where they're not still up there, still in and around those playoff spaces. Um, it's good. It's long overdue. So it's um, yeah. Yeah, sorry, go on. Go on. No, no, no. You go. I was I was just going to say. I think if you look at maybe the last couple of years as well, they've always been very good going forwards, and yeah. then every so often that little blip where they concede goals and one or two cost them a game rather than they score three and concede two and they walk away. But this year they seem they seem to be that more. I suppose harder to beat at the back, whether that comes from their, you know, that they're defending better at the front. So yeah. teams are working harder to push them through. But I think the way, you know, they've put their results together, well, they're playing better away from home, whether that suits them a little bit better, I don't know. They've yeah. got more games away than they have at home. But I think to be sitting in that position after nine games, uh, you know, in your first season that you've ever played at that level is, you know, pretty a pretty decent going. It, yeah, absolutely. And if you if you look at the guy that is it Joe Rye playing at the centre half, mm. eighteen years old. Yeah. Um, they are still conceding goals, but they're always. I think they that they're sort of, for want of better uh, analogy, they're that United of the past who you can score against us, but we'll score more goals against you if that makes mm. sense. Which up against someone like Haven and Ebbsfleet may may cause them a few issues, so they might need to reevaluate how they're going. In that respect, but no, I think yeah, they're doing they're doing well. I want to try and get there a little bit more. Um, contemplating either coming with you at the weekend or going to Worthing, see which one I decide. Um, depends if I can if I want to travel or not. <laughs> um, so, but obviously Eastbourne Eastbourne again at the weekend um, in the FA Cup that will be an interesting one because the last game was the only game I went to see uh, was. Worthing versus Eastbourne. Eastbourne scored a free kick after half an hour and just sat back and defended for the rest of the game. Uh, Worthing scored in, I think it was like the 88th minute or something like that to equalise. So it'd be interesting to see how this game goes and whether they've learned from from what happened in the previous game. So, yeah, yeah. We'll, get, we'll get on to the FA Cup in a moment. And, and funny you should say about teams scoring scoring lots and not winning games or scoring lots and then winning games because that's exactly what Barney did at the weekend, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. That was, uh, I mean, I, I I looked at it and I think I texted you and said, uh, hello, what's going on here? Mm. <laughs> like, um, I, had a, I had a weekend off of any sort of football action last weekend, so didn't see the result until late. Um, was it 5-4, wasn't it? Yeah, 5-4, yeah. Funny t- enough. I was I was chatting to um to Scott Scott Doe, who's an ex who's an ex pro player, and um, he he play, he's played for Dagenham in the past and said, you know it's going to be very attacking. And I said to him, I said, well I can see it being something like four all. So uh, I wasn't actually too far, away. far away. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't yeah. expecting that to come, um you know to fruition. But um yeah, one of those afternoons you expect to score four goals away from home though and and win the game. But um Dagenham are a bit of a funny side really funny side this year they've had a, a really good result one weekend and then gone and turned up something really rotten the following following week it's not not clicked for them but they've they've now won two in a row and scored nine goals back in them so maybe that you know it's on the turn just a quick question for you trev mm. i so i saw a lot of what was being said on social media over the weekend about dean brennan and everything else what's mm. your opinions on what happened at the weekend i'm sure you probably put it in a blog somewhere but <laughs> I haven't. Well, well, let's get them now then. Um, But it's difficult. Um, I mean, I mean, I know Dean quite well. Yeah. Um, And as I put in a blog the other week, though, on my on my Barnet site, which is a a brand brand new one, you can find on on Substack alongside my other platform. um, That I'm not, you know, I'm not there to smoke 
to blow smoke up his ass if 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 it's if it's you know something's not right or I've seen something that's not right. I'll, I'm not going to turn around and not tell him. Um, but I don't. It's it's so it's such a difficult thing because we started really well. No one expected that. You know, um, I want to say the the start was particularly easy against the sides we against the sides we had for the first five or six games. Um, and I think that's raised the expectation far too far in people's minds that think that we're all of a sudden a playoff team. Um, and we've had two years of, uh, of what I call a neglected club and you don't solve that in one summer. We're a lot better than what we were. My Facebook time hops came up last couple of days, I think it was. I was at the high of this time last year. And that's when we picked up our first win of the season under Dean Brennan after Harry Kewell had gone. Yeah. You know, we're sitting on 14 points now. After that weekend, we sat on five. So already a massive improvement on last year. And I think I think some people are forgetting where we were, not just this time last year, but this time two years ago, when we're about to kick off the season with Peter Beadle. You know, yeah. and we all know how that turned out. Only only the fact that, that COVID intervened and stopped the National League South competing. Otherwise, we'd probably be playing Worthing. Was it year, almost as comical yeah. as Beadle's about, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty much it was. I'm not <laughs> sure he was about, to be fair. But um, Do you still yeah. trust the process? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a long-term thing. It's yeah, a long-term no, no, I agree. Um, you, you can't, you know, there's still players in there that he would like to be shot of that are not his players. He didn't sign them. Um, it, it, when, despite the fact of him being director of football, it went over his head. Um, and until really you've got rid of those players and he's got, Every single player is one that he signed. Then you can really start going to town if it if it if it doesn't work. Um, you know we're up against sides with much bigger budgets. You know I think he's spent hours as wisely as you can. We're still light on two or three players, but the fact is that we may have to accept that this is what we've got for this season. And very much at the beginning, I put us down to finish between 12th and 16th, and we finished 18th last year. So anywhere we finish in that gap is an improvement on last year yep. and again the year before that we finished 23rd out of 23rd because David didn't finish the season so you know you can't the, the problem I find is that the game is built for success yesterday not the foundations for tomorrow and that comes from the very top of the game and it's eking its way down and when you've got clubs with huge great budgets at the top end of the National League as well that are throwing money at yesterday's success it is really tough to compete against them so you've got to find like like Mark's got to at Dorking, you've got to find other ways to be clever and, and, and beat some of these teams. So if we finish 10th, great. You know, I'd love us to I'd love us to finish as high as that, but I'm realistic enough to fit to, to know that 12th to 16th is probably where we expect to be this yeah. year. And I think hopefully, you know, it'll it'll, you know, the tide will ride out over the next couple of weeks and be calmer waters once again. Uh I agree with you. And I, I, looking at the, the the Twitter pages and some of the posts, I think some other people need to need a bit of a reality check in terms of listening to what you just said there. Because if they expect Barnet to be top six after the last few years, they they need their head wobbled a little bit. If yeah, I'm being I mean, honest, I'm not going to call anyone out, but I just think some of the posts were really unfair um, in well, terms I mean, of what was the, being put. Um, the blog I did three or four days after, when did we lose to, when we lost to Aldershot, um, who were bottom of the league at the time. Um, and a couple of couple of days after that, a couple of people did actually go, actually, yeah, maybe I was a little bit hasty. But again, that's the joys of social media as well. You can jump straight on it and you yeah. can you can criticise until the cows, until the cows come home. On hindsight and reflection, um, it take you know a couple of days later. Well, actually, maybe maybe it wasn't quite right. Well, you know, I, I agree we shouldn't shouldn't have been two 0 up and allowed them to score twice in four minutes. I wasn't there. I've seen the goals. I've had them sent through to me, and practically every one of those five was an individual error from one player. Um, you can't blame you can't blame Dean for that. Another day they don't make those errors. You win four two or four one. It's as simple as yeah. that. Kabamba missed two chances at four four. Yeah, you know. Um, it's, it's just it's just you've got to accept Trevin, that the squad's got limitations still. Trevin, have you found this season with the improvement that Barnett have made? Has that made any difference to the crowds? Any increases on the crowds? Um, yeah, there was uh, <clears throat> the Eastleigh game. They did a ticket offer, which was when it was on BT, 
So anybody that attended the Woking game the Saturday before um, got you a free ticket for anybody to go into the Eastleigh game. So I think we ended up with about 1,800 of our own supporters, which is something we've not had for a very, very long time. And I think when Dorkin, when we played Dorkin a couple of Tuesdays ago, um, it was, well, I think we had just over a 1,000, I think, of our own then, which again, was <clears throat> a lot better okay. than what we had last year by about two, 300. So the results are improving on 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 the pitch, which is which is helping. Um, we finally got some catering last the last game when we played against Dawkins as well. Burgers any good? Um, they weren't they weren't fantastic. Um, the guys literally <laughs> that were in there knew the day before that they were going to be in there. So okay, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. Then. Yeah, it was a I'll bit, ad, to have a... bit ad hoc, but we actually <laughs> went for something different. Um, and we should have had at the South End game, which is obviously on that post postponed weekend when the Queen died. Uh, we were having a crepe stall with okay. crepes and baguettes, which is you know completely Ooh. different, yeah. Um, so and they they did have it on the Dorking game as well, plus the burger bar open as well. So you know it's um it's it, it's small steps with that yeah. club. It really is, yeah. Um, you know it's like I say, <clears throat> excuse me, it's almost two years. The club's been neglected on the pitch. People off the pitch as well have not had the greatest of experiences as well. So, you know, it's going to take its time. It's going to it's going to come along. But you know, I just think people have just got to have a little bit more patience and know that we ain't going to win every week. I mean, after the Dorking game, I said, "Yeah, we'll go and do it to someone again." They did the following Saturday against Notts County. Granted, they scored twice in the last ten minutes, but we're not going to be the only ones. Um, <laughs> Gates said we drew two two at. Um, but Boreham would have been up there. Notts County have been up there. I can't think of someone else. There's someone else in the top lot's been up there as well, and I haven't come away with three points. So, you know, there's going to be results that just aren't going to go our way, and it's just about thinking that this season's another step, and then we get rid of maybe six or seven more players that we can get upgrades on, which is what we've got on the pitch at the moment from last year. And then you push on again. And that's how you keep doing it. But we just can't, we're not going to be throwing millions of pounds at it like others and signing the best players. You've got to, you know, hunt for the hunt for the gems. I think yeah. that's the joy of the National League, isn't it? And if everyone can beat everyone on their day. There's no one there who full-time, part-time, whatever you are, you couldn't beat, you know, Dorking versus Barnet, Dorking beating Barnet. Like anyone can beat anyone. Mm. So, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Which um, brings us on nicely to um, David Unsworth <laughs> over at Oldham. Mm. Which, um, the first thing mm. I did when it came out on Twitter, I think, was raise some eyebrows at that one. Um, just literally because, you know, my thoughts are that if you don't know the level, you're going to struggle. And um, yeah. I think as well, you know, the state their club was in before Frank Rothwell took over in the summer and the fact it's really only starting still to get back on its feet in the last three months, I think he's um he's got a bit of a job to do, and I'd like I'd like for him to prove me wrong, and you know, and especially for the older fans as well because they deserve a lot better than what they've had over the last three or four years. But gents, is it going to work? Can you see it working? No. Why? He's managed seventeen games in total, mm-hmm. right? away from Everton under-23s where he was for eight years. Yeah. I've done a bit of research. Yeah. So I've had a look into it, right? Managed 17 games in total. He's won five, drawn three and lost nine. Now, granted, some of those are going to be in really demoralised teams who have just had managers sacked and that sort of thing. But I, just, I can't... I can't see it. The only thing that might he might get a bit lucky with is the fact that he's left Everton under 23s and he's gone straight to the National League now he has that connection with the youth side of Everton who may have some quality players that he could bring in just to try and bolster some of the some of the older squad but I can't see it working that's that's my opinion but I think he has got that connection with Everton under 23s if they've got some players they want to get out and get first team experience then it could it could work in his favor that way one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But we'll flip it the other way, Chris. And Kevin Phillips is another two steps underneath him. And it seems at the moment it's got the right dynamic there. So are we misjudging it or uh, are we right? Well, I think what Gaz has just said there about the Everton the 23s is a valid point. He's going to have some contacts there. That's that's the one, that's one thing. Kevin Phillips' situation, remember he came, he came to a club where the team was sitting second in the league. Um, two points off the top and were full-time and had all the resources that they've got. Um, he had with he had um, an assistant manager who is part of the fabric of the club. Um, he had also in the midst the previous assistant manager who was also um, an outfield player. So he, it's a slightly different scenario but yeah um it, it was a a risk that so far is beginning to pay off kevin did honestly say in the summer that he was brought in to get promoted and he failed so he sees last season as failure which is honest of him um i don't know what oldham's overall aspirations are for this season but it's a massive 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 risk. Um, hope it works. I've got my I've got my doubts, but I think everybody would have their doubts about Kevin Phillips as well. So the proof will be in the pudding. We might be talking about this again in about six or seven, eight weeks' time. Um, but Kevin, remember, had first team coaching experience at Leicester and Stoke. So wasn't he? So he'd had that coaching experience at senior level rather than just under twenty three. The difference between under twenty three football and non league football is massive, as you lads well know. Kevin had the senior coaching experience at Premier League and Championship level, so he knew how to deal with senior dressing rooms rather than under twenty three. And he'd also played non-league football, albeit 25, 30 years earlier. So it's slightly different. Same risk factor, slightly different dynamic. We shall see. He's got a nice, easy game at the weekend, hasn't he? <laughs> Who have they got this weekend? Wrexham. <laughs> at home. So you want to, you'd want, if I was an Oldham fan, I'd be wanting to see, I wouldn't give a, I wouldn't care about the result. You just want to mm. see a performance that yeah. shows that they're going to give something in the in the coming yeah. games. Like Absolutely. just write off write off the result and just go out there and give a performance that the fans can be proud of. Yeah. I think that would be that would be my message. I would coach G. Um, would my, certainly be my message. Yeah. I think my my thing with his contacts though is that um, you know under twenty three football. There's no points on offer. Yeah, you play for, you know, what I would call a poxy trophy. It's not competitive. And I've seen players come out of academies and um, under-23s into the National League, not just for us, but for other clubs as well. And they struggle to adapt. Now, there might be one or two good ones in, um, in, in, in Everton. I know Darren Curry found a few when he was up at Sheffield United and had them at South End last year. But because he'd been there, known their attitude, known their temperament. Again, it still could have fallen flat on flat on its face, though, them coming, one, down from the north to the south, um, and two, playing under-23 football. But 
you know, he's going to he's going to have to raid that contact book for them to, you know, get anywhere near the, the top 10 this year. And I think, you know, judging by where Southend were around this time last year as well, and they made the change because Phil Brown didn't work out, um, you know, Oldham and Scunthorpe as well, whenever they make their appointment. Um, well, you know, they're only they're only really looking at survival, which when you've been relegated from League Two the year before, isn't really fantastic in itself. But like you say, I think the proof's going to be in the pudding. Um, and as we, you know, as you said earlier, Gaz, anyone could beat anyone, so he's not going to have any, yeah. any easy games. You know, Wrexham, he might find easier this week at home than he did Bromley away last um, last Saturday. But I think the lack of pressure as well, wouldn't there? Yeah, there be a lack yeah. of pressure. Yeah. Yeah, but at least maybe he's you know he's got a bit of time to build. He's got eight thousand odd fans coming through the door as well. So, yeah, you know, but you know they deserve. I think um, you know deserve that more than more than anything really. So while we're on the national league as well, we'll head to the last bit on them, which is the streaming and the uh, daft highlights embargo <laughs> that they had that's now been um, now been lifted. Um, and for those for those of you that don't that don't follow the national league. Um, themselves and BT had an embargo on highlights being shown until I think it was Monday after the after, Monday after the weekend. Yeah. yeah, Monday after the weekend. And despite the fact the North and the South don't get their goals shown of a weekend anyway, it's only it's only the goals from the um, National League games that follow if they've had a live broadcast as well. So that was one of the craziest things that I think they've had this season. But they've they've lifted that and uh, everyone can have a good watch after the um, National League show, which is normally about half past seven on Saturday night, I think, if they have a live game. But the bigger the bigger thing is the streaming. Uh, and I did put a blog together last week on www.footballwriting.co.uk about the National League streaming. And um, I follow Andy Holt, the Accrington chairman on um, Twitter, and he's very, very vocal about I follow and the way that income's distributed from that where... Um, the bigger clubs gain, the smaller clubs like his own tend to lose out on it. So I'm going to be quite interested in as to how they actually make it work um, and what it does to attendances as well, because that was one of the things that is obviously the probably the biggest opposition to it is how many people won't go. I mean, like for myself, I said that there'd be times when Barnet would be playing on a Tuesday night I think in November we've got altering away. I've got no chance of making that on a Tuesday because I've got enough holiday left to use as well. But that Tuesday night, I'd probably be going to a game locally or somewhere else. So if a stream was available, then would I sit at home and watch Barnet? Or would I go and spend a tenner or whatever, 15 quid, watching National League South or somewhere else? It's... It's quite. A, it's a, it's a very. It's an interesting one, and it's a delicate one, I think, as well, to get the balance quite right. But if it goes the national league way as well, for you, Chris, obviously, you're if you go into the the north next year as well, then you'll be part of that umbrella as well. If you yeah. don't, and you stayed at and you stayed at step three, can you see it expanding even further, just beyond the national league itself in years to come? Um, certainly abroad. Hmm. Um, South Shields, for instance, have uh, new links in the Far East. Um, there's currently uh, negotiations and organise organisational things going on in the background with regards to a um, an, uh, an international um, academy. We've currently got an Indone the Indonesian women's Captain playing for South Shields women. Okay. Or is it Indonesian or Malaysian? Anyway, one of the one of those countries. Um, so I think that it would, it would be done, I think, internationally. I, I can't see live streaming being allowed at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon in this country. Mm. Um, midweek, of course, is different. Yeah. But it's, there's a lot of there's a lot to be done. You're relying on more. Um, volunteers as well, you know, setting all of this up really. Uh, South Shields are very lucky to have a lad called Martin Cole, who was brilliant during the, the COVID times when we were live streamed. But I think, like, we've got a lot of expats, you know, 
Mm. I, I suppose most clubs have expats. And I think the opportunity to watch a live stream or nearly live stream would be very, very, uh, shall we say, popular. So it's a different, it's a difficult one. Um, the fact, I mean, I'm delighted that the, the, the embargo has been lifted on the, the highlights. I mean, that was just a ridiculous thing. <laughs> But but the, it, ha- it hasn't, it hasn't though. I've just, sorry, i just quickly, I've just reading the, the statement. It's only been, in, if there's, so it says here, the BT Sport highlights show may vary. So you can, uh, either 10 p.m. or 10.30 is when the highlights can go out after the highlights show. Yeah. Um, should there not be a weekend highlights show, highlights cannot be uploaded until the blackout in accordance with Article 48. So it, from my understanding, if there's no highlights show at all, you then can't put your highlights out until the Monday. Mm. But, is, but is the blackout not meaning the normal Saturday afternoon three between three and five? No, no. no as as that. But if you look at this season, though, rarely have they not got a game on BT Sport or yeah. National League. So they'll be out Saturday evening. You might find the odd one or two where it's not going to be where it's not going to be out. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things, is no great shakes compared to. You know, we, we've had nine weeks of having to wait until Monday afternoon or Tuesday morning before stuff's come out. So, you know, it's not too bad. It's, Gaz, on the, on the streaming on. point, yep. can you see clubs um, wanting to move games and say, well, can we kick off at one o'clock or can we kick off at 5.30 just so they can get the game stream? <laughs> and, not, and, and, and not just the National League, you know, going forward beyond just to get round this, the three o'clock broadcast rule. Quite possibly, yeah. I think, well, I think the, the, if the if, yeah, is the answer. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, think, I think what would be interesting is come the winter, there are already clubs, guys, who have written to their leagues asking if they can get their games brought forward in the winter to save them using floodlights. Yeah. Um, if they kick off at 1pm, who's to stop them? Lives yeah. Yeah. There's no law. No, no. I think um, haven't the Southern is it the Southern League that have said and the Ishmian yeah and the Ishmian have said that they can have, have the Northern League not done it because there's a Trident oh. League right yeah not <laughs> aware of yet surely One, that's I'm not got... aware of it and two I'm not sure if clubs have actually applied for that um, but now of course first of October comes the proof will be in the pudding in the in the forthcoming when the yeah. clocks go back at the end of of October yeah. by then we'll know. I think I saw as well Mansfield Town have actually asked if they can kick off at one o'clock, and I'm sure from what I've from what I can recollect that the only football league side I've seen that have asked if they can change the kickoff mm. time. Yeah, so whether more will follow suit, but I know someone asked going back to Andy Holt again at Atkinson. Someone did ask him on Twitter if he was going to move kickoff times. He said no, we're kicking off at three o'clock. So you know, mm. I know both sides do have to agree when it comes to the Ishmael and Southern League as well with a, you know, move kickoff and some of that might, you know, be around travelling distances. The Ishmael's not too bad, but when you look at some of the Southern League distances, I can't see something. Yeah, but, but even some of the Northern League distances are... Yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, between, aren't they? Between, Absolutely. Between ourselves and Stafford, you know, that's that, that's a, a distance. Matlock is another one. Um, there's some long journeys... Um, Cheshire, you know, even Nantwich. Well, we've already played in Nantwich. We've got two, two, two games in Warrington. So there, when you think of the M62 and the M60, you look at four-hour journey. So um, it's that that will be in, interesting, um, particularly particularly come the darkest parts of winter, the November, December, January. Also, yeah. it'll be interesting to see the timings of the World Cup games in November and December. To see how the, you know if clubs decide to maybe squeeze their games in between World Cup matches to make a full day of things, and you know, yeah, I think, yeah. I think the three England games group games are all on a Monday, aren't they? Are they? I, have a I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked. No, neither have <laughs> I. I've just, I just, I'm sure I remember some one of our lads at work saying something over the summer. I think at least at least one's on a Monday. If not, I'm sure that mm-hmm. I'm feeling all three are. I think I think two are at a sensible time when most people have finished work. I think one's actually slap bang in the middle of the day or something like that, which is why he'd, he'd, he'd said about it. Cause you, you then got, you know, for, for, for people at work then and, you know, not so much for us 
following the non-league and that, but that are going to be, uh, can I have a, you know, a couple of hours off or can I finish early? And, <laughs> yeah. And whatnot. Yeah. yeah. You can see, see plenty of that coming, can't you as well? Um, right. We'll move on to a whole host of FA competitions at the draw, as we record on a Monday, the draws for the FA Trophy third qualifying round and the first round proper of the Vars were made today as well. And, Chris, you're still in the in the trophy, aren't you? You got a was it a, you got a home tie or you're away and you're away in that one, aren't you? I think we at the Stilly Bridge in the third qualifying round. Um it's a difficult one, that one, because do you go for it or do you play us not a weekend inside, but do you make changes? Kevin Phillips has already stated this year that the FA Cup, for instance, wasn't at the top of his agenda. Um, yet we're in the third qualifying round of that you're still. Right. Yeah. Um and out of the two competitions, I've got to say, I, I think I would rather go a lot more focused on the FA Cup than the FA Trophy, mm. um, purely for the fact that you've got a better opportunity to make bigger money quicker. Um, the FA Trophy, of course, the prize money isn't as great. Yes, probably got more chance to go further, but to win it, it's a big ask, when by, by and large, the, the only thing that counts this season is promotion. So... It's a way to Staley Bridge, another long journey. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Shields go with that. Um, it might be a chance to play some fringe players, give them minutes. And if we win, we win. If we don't, well, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm, I'm personally, between the two tournaments, for me, it's got to be the FA Cup. That's the one. Yeah, comfortably. Any ties in there, Gaz, that stuck out for you? Well, for the trophy, yeah, uh, Macclesfield Bamber Bridge, yeah, I think that's um, full time step five, isn't it? Versus Bamber yeah. Bridge step four, yeah, yeah, be interesting mm-hmm. to see how that goes. Um, Lewis and Seven Oaks is reasonably interesting, yeah. that one, yeah, and I think I had Horsham versus Averley as well, yeah, they're both doing well at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. Um, there'll be a lot there'll be a lot of um, casualties from the Northern Premier League in this because there are a lot of Northern Premier League all Northern Premier League games so there'll be a lot of casualties so hopefully that will create a little bit later um, pockets where you can rearrange games that might have been postponed for various reasons there'll be a lot a lot of Northern Premier League casualties in this round there's a lot in there isn't there and uh, as I said, the Vars have actually gets into its proper level now, mm-hmm. even though there's still about another 17 million rounds until you reach Wembley. But um, anyone, anyone, it's a bit difficult, more difficult that one, isn't it, to, to pick out? Isn't from, it? You know, <laughs> yeah. Winner. I had, a, I was having a look at it before we come on air, and I was like, well, I'm looking at, I'm looking at a few sides and thinking, I think I saw Berry are at home to um, who was it, Bishop Auckland. Mm. Yeah, Bishop Auckland. Yeah, Bishop I've just Auckland, um, thought, yeah, I'm yeah. just looking at it as we're talking. Um, you know, I picked that one out. I thought, well, that you know, that that's going to be a reasonable tie. You would have thought. And then when you sort of I looked down towards some of the southern sort of the southern section, I was looking at some and thinking, well, I can't really see much apart from some some lovely named teams like Tadley Cavella, um, London Samurai Rovers. <laughs> Who, else? Oh, who is it that I Berks County Rising Ballers Kensington? That's more that stuck out with me than some of the ties, to be honest. It's just the name yeah. of the clubs left in it. It's fantastic. Mangotsfield United. Who have they got? Uh, Crediton United. Yeah. I'm, I mean, the difficult part of that as well is that, like, the sides that did well last year, like Newport Pagnell, who won it, for example, they don't come in for another three rounds yet. They don't enter till yeah. just before Christmas or just really. It's really tough as well because they don't, without going back through and looking at who's exempt from what round as well, you can't, they don't stick it at the bottom of the drawer and go, right, these clubs are still exempt because they come in at such and such. You've got to go and, you know, dig for the information. You know, otherwise you'd say, well, you know, to be honest, you know, once these clubs come in, it's going to get damn harder from, you know, from that level. But the other thing I picked up as well was the prize money difference between the the two draws today. So, if, yeah. so for example, so if you win on Saturday, Chris, you get two thousand four hundred and fifty. Yeah. If you win a Vars game, you get eight hundred and twenty-five. Now, obviously, that's step five and six. The trophy step three and four, but step four, you're only one, one, you know, one level ahead. You're only two at step three. Why is there such a disparity in the prize yeah. money? It's ridiculous. 
I don't get it. And I mean, the prize money's dropping year on year. Um, they're making these competitions um, not worthless, but they're becoming. They're going to become peripheral when the whole the whole point of the vase was to make something for clubs at those steps to, yeah. to have a real go at getting to Wembley. But as you go further in the competition, if the prize money doesn't match the expenditure, no. you know, if you're a club and you get to see the fourth or fifth round and you, your prize money is something like £2,000 or whatever in the VARs, it's going to cost you double that Yeah. Um, to go on a long journey if you're going, for, you know, mm. if you think of some of the games that we had last year. We saw last year with Littlehampton, for instance. Yeah, yeah, um, your shields coming down. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, you know. So it, it, and then then the FA Trophy, you know, all so those competitions are going to become as peripheral as the FA Cup has become in the professional game. The yeah. FA, the FA Cup third qualifying round winners gets five thousand six hundred and twenty-five pound. Yeah, which again still isn't fantastic, isn't it? It's only no. it's only just over double what you get in the trophy. When you yeah. consider the, the 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 final winners get two million quid, yeah, mm-hmm. and what's two million quid to someone like I'm, I'm going to go Arsenal just a, as a yeah. yeah, it's pocket change. So why can't some of that be moved down? Oh, I mean the the thing that baffled me a little bit was we got new sponsors for the trophy and the and, and the bars in wherever they're called Isuzu instead of Bill Base. So you sign a new deal, you've got a chance to. Make a bit of a difference if you can. You know, I, I, I don't know which company is more profitable. I'm, you know, not looked that up. But, you know, when you sign a new deal and the money's not gone any better, not even slightly better, there don't seem a lot of point to that. I mean, yeah. you know, if you lose in the VARs, you get 250 quid. And I'll pick up one of the, one of the southern ties, Bexhill from East Sussex, are heading down to Horndean in Hampshire. You know, Horndean lose that. That 250 quid plus a bit more's gone on the coach for Bexhill to get there and back again. So yeah. you almost get to a point where when it gets to the summer and you think, shall we enter this year? Well, you know, we're going to flip a coin as to whether we actually make any money out of it or lose it. It's surely a, a point as well, especially if clubs do struggle the next three or four months and they take that into next season without being able to recover. You know, are some of them going to start cutting their losses and saying, you know, actually, you know, we won't enter because it's just going to cost us more money rather than what we could make out of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult now. Yeah. Yeah, very dangerous. It's like Jersey Bulls have got bursted. So, like, I mean, I know some of it's subsidised getting over to Jersey, but even still, if they lose that tie, £250 in their pocket. Yeah, theirs is slightly unique, though, isn't it? Theirs and Guernsey is about about how you know that is part of their point of being in the pyramid, though they they have to cover those costs. So to them, you know, not quite such a not quite such a thing, but you know, still on the same lines. Yeah, of course, yeah. they're only going to get two hundred fifty quid out of it, and that's going to get swallowed up in probably match match official fees, let alone yeah, you know, mm-hmm. anything else. So a bit yep. of strange, a bit of strange one. But we've mentioned the FA Cup about three or four times without actually. Again on it, and Chris again, you're in the third yeah. qualifying round, <laughs> yeah. round before the National League big boys come in as well. Local yeah. derby, isn't it, as well this weekend? Yeah, mask. So we've got mask twice in four days. So tomorrow night's a league game at their place, and on Saturday they come to us in the cup. So, um, so do you bluff tomorrow uh, night and only name three substitutes? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, um, tomorrow I, I think the two games that. Shields will want to win. Um, I do believe that uh, they'll want to win both. Tomorrow night is obviously it's a don't get beat scenario because um, Mask have had a good start. Don't lose, but would like an away win. Saturday, home, FA Cup, third qualifying round at home, you'd expect to win. So um, I would really like a good cup run this year. I think it would be the real opportunity with fact because we got to the first round proper uh, in 2020. And there was no fans allowed, which was devastating. And this is a chance with fans to do it. It would be a totally different, different scenario. So I would like to see us get to the first round proper. I'd be delighted with that. In that northern half of the draw, what else 
what sticks out for you as you think might be the banana skin? To be honest, I haven't really looked too deeply into the draw. Um, anybody, the, the, the Northern draw, because you've got the Northern Premier League teams, Yeah. Um, anybody can beat anybody. And even, to, even Shields Mask, Mask beat us last year in the FA Cup and they were a level be- level below. So anybody can beat anybody. I know it's the, it's the nature of the cup, but this really, for the northern section, anybody can beat anybody, really. Congo um, versus Fylde? Yeah. Well, Fylde would be expected to win yeah. that. You know, yeah, Congleton, um, the lowest ranked team left in the competition. Oh, it's, it's yeah, nice that's that a BBC one. game, yeah. 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 yeah, I can't see a, I can't see a giant killing out there if I'm honest, but hey ho, <laughs> stop being done. Stocksbridge Park, Ashington. Well, Ashington did magnificently in knocking out Bradford Park Avenue in the last round. Um, Ashington will fancy themselves against Stocksbridge Park Steels. Um, there's only one level between them. Um, that's a possible giant killer. Um, don't be surprised if Ashington come through that one. Um, probably giving them the commentators curse now, like, but um, <laughs> but Ashington did. Um, Mark Carruthers was at that game at Ashington versus Bradford Park Avenue and said Ashington were magnificent. So um, there's nothing stopping Ashington pulling out another one. No stopping them at all. But they're a good side with some good players. Then Hyde versus Darlington. Uh, well, Hyde are one of the surprise horses, um, dark horses this season in the Northern Premier League. They've had a great start. Uh, Darlington play National League North. You'd expect Darlington to do it, but Hyde are a, a very workmanlike side. Don't be surprised to see another one there. That, that's an interesting tie. Um, but that's the thing. Nothing really, nothing really stands out because anybody can beat anybody yeah. in, in, in the North of England. There's, a, it, it, there's such a a pool, the, the pool of players tends to just click and they get on a roundabout and step off at different places. <laughs> and and yeah. so it, the, the, the quality, the standard, it, it just, it is better this year, mm. but it just, anybody can beat anybody on it on any given day. Yeah, Gaz, no. We know Worthing's FA Cup record has been nothing short of awful. Yeah. Probably for the last, I think, three or four years, they've, they've, they've gone out at either hurdle one or hurdle two. Yeah. Um, but having stepped up a level this year now, they're only one away from the from the fourth qualifying round and drawing they could draw a Barnet, shouldn't they, in the next round? That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? That'd be um, good. They could, yeah. We'd um, want to make sure there's a crowd good. there, so it'd have to be at Worthing. We'd want it at Barnet, Ooh, would you? <laughs> um, having already seen Worthing and Eastbourne once already this season as well, and I think was the crowd somewhere close to about eighteen hundred. I th- uh, it was sixteen hundred. I think sixteen twenty-five yeah. or something like that. What do you think? Uh, is it going to give an insight into what's going to happen this coming weekend? I think, if I'm honest, I think if Worthing cut out the defensive errors, I think I think they'll be all right. Looking based on the fixture in the league fixture a few weeks ago. Um, as I said, Eastbourne scored from a free kick. Um, in my opinion, it was a goalkeeping error. The, the, the wall wasn't in the right place. Other than that, they didn't really seem to offer a lot else going forward. But, hey, we, I might be wrong. Um, but I'd like to see sir, I'd like to see Worthing win that and then get one of the bigger boys in the, uh, in the next round. Yeah, that's, that's certainly Barnet. true. Yeah, Barnet, Barnet. yeah. <laughs> Imagine if I get Dawkins instead, that'd be yeah. <laughs> a bit different, wouldn't it? Um, I mean, saying that, though, Barnet are due a flipping cup run as well. Last year, we drew Boreham Wood in the FA Cup and the FA Trophy, and they knocked us, <laughs> knocked us out of both. So, we had four games against them last year. So, it'd be nice to draw someone a bit. Beat him at home in the league, though. Pardon? You beat him at home in yeah, the league. We did, yeah, yeah, we did get one over on them, and we drew nil nil at their place. But um, yeah, it's about. You know, I don't think since not since we played Brentford back in twenty eighteen or nineteen. I think it's twenty nineteen. Um, have we had a decent cup run? So Brentford, I went. We went to that game. 
Yeah, we went to the replay, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah we're due, a, we're due a, um, a good one. But, um, you know, Borum had a good one last year, didn't they? To the they get fifth round or the quarterfinals, didn't they? They lost to Everton. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll have to see which which um, non-league team it is on on everyone's lips this year. I'm going to pull out another one as well, which, uh, which I saw earlier I was looking through. Three bridges against Hereford. Oh, yeah, I wrote that one down as well. Um, yeah, I mean, three bridges knocked out um, Lewis in a replay 4-0. A week or so ago, and they're um, no no slouches, Lewis. So they put together a, um, a you know a decent result there, and got a good a good reward with a home tie on Saturday. So I'll be keeping an eye out for that one and possible giant killing. You got Cole Shorten against Haven as well. Yeah, and that's another one that I picked out. Ebbsfleet have got Hanwell Town, which might you know might be their first. Uh, First one they come unstuck at this year, you know. Just don't know, do you? So the magic of the cup, isn't it? Oh, you're so cliche. Well, yeah. It also depends on what teams, what kind of side managers put out, you know. Yeah. What What are their their aspirations for the season? What are the priorities? And Ebb's Fleet is the FA Cup a priority? Who knows? Nah, not no pro- pro- promotions. Their priority it was last year. They didn't achieve exactly. it. So, so you know. Mm. Um, I can't, yeah, I can't see them going. I can't see them going full strength. But the problem with them well, is that they can rest two of their strikers and bring in two of good quality as well. So they don't tend to weaken themselves too much. It's interesting to see what haven't do. Obviously, Carl Shorten stepped down. Yeah. Um, but I don't. They're in London. You can never underestimate the teams from sort of South London because they'll always pull something out mm. of somewhere. Yeah. Be another, so, be another good weekend of football, won't it? Another good weekend. So, certainly will. Yeah, right. really good. Time to wrap up, chaps. Chris, I think yeah. we know where you're going this week. South Shields and South yeah. Shields. Yeah. I'm going to mask by the sea tomorrow night. And then and then watch the uh, the uh, sequel on um, Saturday. Watch the sequel on Saturday, yeah. It'll be nice and warm for you tomorrow night. <laughs> It'll be okay. I'll wrap up warm. We're, we're tough up here, you know. I've already bought. I've already bought my parka for the deepest, darkest uh, winter. Um, <laughs> normally, where are you, where are you tre- for, Dover. Oh, tre- well, never again. Um, <laughs> Trevor vouched me. I normally just rock up in a hoodie in the middle of winter and then moan that I'm freezing cold. Yeah, that is very true, isn't it? Very true. Um, where are you going this week, guys? Saturday, I'm not sure. Uh, Worthing or with you? I'll let you reveal where that one. Um, Police but then I did also say to the wife that maybe we'll go out and get on the cocktails in the afternoon as we're child-free. So we'll see. It'll be one of the two. Nice but, I'll take another football first and then go for cocktails. Uh, do you know the only football match she's ever been to with me was at Old Trafford in the summer? <laughs> um, so I don't think that's going to happen. Well, it's a trip of, trip of a lifetime, isn't it? It's our very first non-league football match. I could lifetime. take her to our first ever yeah. FA Cup game and go to go to yeah, uh, go yeah. to Woodside and watch yeah. East, uh, Worthing. Get, get her to do a little yeah. foil, you know, a tin foil FA Cup <laughs> take over at the weekend. Do you know what? Do you know, you, you, now, now we've said that, I think you've got to do that. Uh, yeah. you, you're taking the girls with you on uh, Saturday, yes, aren't you, Trev? Yeah. Uh, you need to get them to make a tin foil FA Cup then. Christ, if I get them out of their pits in time to go, that's like an achievement. Anything else is like, you know, a bit too much extra. But yeah, Met Police Chippenham for me on Saturday and then Glebe and Tunbridge Wells on Tuesday evening, which um, up to um, a couple of weeks ago when I was looking at it, I thought mm, it's going to be a bit one-way traffic, but Tunbridge Wells have put some uh, results together over the last four, I think they're four, un- four unbeaten. So they're sitting actually a point in front of Glebe in mid-table. So should be quite a good battle tomorrow night. And... Uh, Quite ironically, they played Stansfield on Saturday, Tunbridge Wells away, who share Glebe's ground. So they're making the same trip twice within four days, which is, uh, you can't write some of those things, can you? So, oh, you're almost like a home game for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might as well be much. Familiarity. Pitched up for three days, you know, it's <laughs> in the car park when we get there. Yeah. Anyway, great to have your company tonight, gents. Hopefully, um, the other two worthy nights will be back in two weeks' time when we sit down again and trawl our way through another couple of weeks of non-league action. And it was much more pleasurable with just the three of us than it is with <laughs> them. I've enjoyed myself, but don't tell, yeah. people, don't tell James. Really <laughs> enjoyed it. We'll keep that to ourselves, won't we? <laughs> <laughs>
Anyway, thanks very much, guys, for your company, and we'll see you all in two weeks' time. Bye-bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 